Welcome to Living Inside Out Today with host Joy Ross. Joy and her guests will help you learn how to think inside out so you can begin experiencing the God-given birthrights of joy, fulfillment, and freedom. Learn micro steps you can take today for macro results. It's time to dissect your everyday way of thinking. Now, here is your host, Joy Ross. Good day, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are in the world. And welcome to Living Inside Out today. I am your host, Joy Ross, and I would like to invite you right now to just go ahead and settle in, relax, and grab a pen and paper because we intend today to share some tips and tools that you can start using today to help you show up as the best version of you and to experience more joy, fulfillment, and freedom. So I want to go ahead right now and welcome our first-time listeners before we go any further. If you are listening for the first time today, let us know. You can write to us at livinginsideouttoday at gmail.com. And if you've listened before, welcome back. And you guys know that on this show, we are all about positivity, love, encouragement, and having real conversations about overcoming challenges and hurdles and experiencing personal transformation from the inside out. You know, just this weekend, I was thinking about freedom and fatherhood as we celebrated Father's Day and for the first time in the U.S., Juneteenth which commemorates the day that the news was finally announced to all Black people in the U.S. that slavery was abolished. And the news in Texas actually came two years after the law was passed to free the slaves. And as I was thinking about both of these days, what struck me was that freedom is our God-given birthright as humans. And it's sort of absurd that humans would believe that any of us actually have a right to own or even control another human. But the thing is, we can't truly live free until we know that we are free. We shall know the truth and the truth is what makes us free. And when it comes to Father's Day, some people feel sad on that day because they've never had a father in the home, or perhaps people have estranged relationships, or they don't know their earthly father. However, here's the thing. The God who created all of us is our father, and knowing that has changed my life. And in fact, my own transformation journey is the main reason that I'm doing this show. You see, I wasn't always experiencing freedom or fulfillment in my life. In fact, I spent many years doing and performing and focusing on external achievements, basically following society's blueprint for success. For me, that looked like getting an education, working my way into corporate leadership, starting my own business, reaching certain financial goals, and essentially doing all the things that society often leads us to believe will result in happiness, fulfillment, and success. And while I am certainly grateful for all of the things that I've achieved in my life, all the things that I've acquired, what I found, what I learned, and what I received a deep revelation on is this. All of the things that we desire are completely possible to us. However, everything that we want to manifest on the outside, if we want those things to last over time, and if we want to feel true joy and fulfillment when we get those things, 
that is directly linked to what's happening on the inside of us. There's no amount of money in the bank, no amount of external success or achievement that can provide true fulfillment, joy, or happiness. The key to everything that we want externally is internal transformation. And I'm a student on this journey of life, but what I know for sure is internal transformation, inside out transformation is possible for all of us. It's a step-by-step journey that we take one day at a time. There are so many demands these days and so many pulls for our attention and so many negative voices and forces, but freedom, joy, peace, and abundance, those things are our birthright. That's right. Those things are our birthright. You deserve to have those things. And in my international bestseller, How to Break the Cycles of Temptation, Addiction, and Guilt from the Inside Out, A Pathway to Freedom, Fulfillment, and Purpose, I share more of my journey and the steps that I took to go from being unfulfilled and reaching outside of myself um, to fill a hole on the inside to being transformed and set free. And in my book, The Truth About Trust, The Key to Thriving in Any Relationship, I share my journey from experiencing disappointment, heartbreak, and disillusionment in my relationships to my revelation on trust as a spiritual currency. That revelation totally transformed my perspective and my experience in all of my relationships. If you want to begin thriving in your relationships, perhaps that book is for you. You can find both of those on my website, joyross, J-O-I-R-O-S-S dot com backslash products, or you can go to Amazon and check them out. But on my website, you'll find free resources as well on mindset, freedom, and joy. My hope is that my pain, my challenges, the lessons that I've learned, and the steps that I've taken to get to the other side will be helpful to you. And guests on this show are respected experts in their field. They are people devoting their lives in some way, shape, or form to helping and serving others. And all of the guests on this show also have personal stories of transformation from the inside out. And here's the thing. If transformation can happen for me, if it can happen for them, guess what? It can happen for you too. So we are here today to have conversation about how to fulfill your dreams, how you can experience joy, freedom, abundance, how you can be more effective in whatever role that you are playing, whether it's leader, business owner, parent, wife, mother, brother, father, whatever it is, in whatever role, just how to show up as the best version of yourself. And on a more basic level, we're hoping and our intention today is that something will be shared that helps you just get through today. Um, And we hope to share a simple step that you can apply to move forward today. So, hey, I want to hear from you guys as you are listening. If there's something that resonates with you, if you have an aha moment, or if you have a burning question that you want to ask, go ahead and write to us at livinginsideouttoday at gmail.com. And who knows, if you pose a question, we may answer your question on the air. So I know you guys are wanting to get 
started and find out who the guest is today. And I am super excited and thrilled. I'm going to go ahead and introduce the guest that I have with me in our virtual studio. Today, I have Dr. Sue Carter Collins, affectionately known as Dr. Sue. And uh, Dr. Sue has a vast and diverse background. She is the owner of the Synergistic Healing Center in Atlanta, Georgia. She is an author, motivational speaker, and greatness coach. Dr. Sue speaks and trains on police leadership issues, including managing diversity and cross-cultural communication. She also coaches aspiring and high-performing entrepreneurs and professional women of color to break through limiting beliefs that hold them back, how to master their mindsets, how to find their authentic voices, and how to achieve their greatness goals. Dr. Sue is also a spiritual teacher, a synergistic healer, a Reiki master teacher, and a mindfulness meditation instructor. She was associate professor in the criminal justice and criminology department at Georgia State University, and she was the first African-American member of the Law Review at Florida State University. She's also an ordained minister. As host of the Pivot to Greatness podcast, Dr. Sue engages in inspirational conversations with ordinary people who have made a conscious decision to live extraordinary lives. Dr. Sue has authored numerous criminal justice publications and her first self-help transformation book called Return to Self, Five Keys to Emotional and Spiritual Freedom is now available on Amazon. And y'all, that's, that's not even the half of her bio. So I just am going to stop there because this woman is a powerhouse. And now I want to get in a conversation and let you hear from her directly. Dr. Sue, welcome to the show. Joy, I am so excited to be here. I, I just have chills. I don't know where we're going in this conversation, but I am so excited just to, to get started. That's awesome. I too have those chills, right? So I think we're just both going to be in for a real treat and our listeners are too. I'm so honored, Dr. Sue, to have you with me today because clearly you've got a vast uh, background and a lot of expertise. And what I know for sure is that with all that you've accomplished and achieved over the years, there certainly have been some mountains, valleys, and challenges, right? So Tell us, as we get started, one challenge that you've had to overcome, perhaps just today or this past week, and how you navigated around it. If I may deviate from your question a little bit, I'd like to answer it a little differently than you asked it. Um, Absolutely I, I, not. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Of course. Deviate away. Let's go. Let's go. I, I'm really interested in mindset and in how the stories we tell each other, uh, we tell ourselves about ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so my story, one that has lived in my life forever until just recently is, I was born a poor black girl in the segregated South. My dad went to prison shortly after I was born left my mother with 10 children to raise. And as a result of that, I never felt that I was good enough. Even though I was a smart kid, 
I, I, I felt that I was, I was too dark. This is long before black was beautiful. Mm. My hair was too kinky. Uh, my lips were not at what we call now voluptuous. Uh, mm. So I was never enough. And I share that about me because for most of my life, it is the story that colored my perception of who I am and how I interacted with the world and how I then energetically caused the world to interact with me. So that's a huge challenge. And and I share because I think so many people are, we're telling ourselves stories and what we must do is stop and look at the story. What is the story? Where did it come from? What, how, what is the impact that it's having on you really that is keeping you from being your greatest self? Because mm-hmm. these stories, we, we put them on like, like heavy coats, mm-hmm. we wrap up in them and they color everything. And we say, I'm not good enough, which stops us from even trying. I look at the things that I've accomplished in my life and I wonder if I didn't have that mindset that victim mindset, that wounded mindset, that crippled mindset, Hmm. who would I be? Who would I be? Oh, wow. That's deep. Okay, y'all, we're we're just going to jump in the deep end of the pool. Um, in this, in this hour, this is awesome. I love that you pose so many thought provoking, really questions, right? In that response. And we are certainly, going to get into mindset and we're going to deep dive a little bit in mindset before we do though I want to talk a little bit about or I don't want to talk about I want to hear from you a little bit about criminal justice law and police leadership because you have that in your background you got a PhD in criminal justice and experience as a former deputy sheriff and you train police leadership on diversity and cross-cultural communication. So Dr. Sue, I think it's it's a treat for us to have you on the show because as you know, and, and all the listeners know, we're going through a transformation right now, certainly in America um, and perhaps in other places as well with respect to uh, policing and police brutality, uh, discussions about police reform, cultural, racial issues, and all of that. I would like to hear from you um, and share with us just a couple of myths uh, versus truths, right? Because there are so many polarizing opinions, but you've been in the work. So what do you see as the, the maybe a couple of major myths? And um, yeah, how would you paint the, the picture of what the solution is? Well, one of the things that concerns me, having grown up in law enforcement, see, I start really connected with criminal justice when I was 18 years old. So I've been mm-hmm. studying it and in some capacity, uh, working in it for most of my life. And I think that we forget that the law enforcement officers are someone's son, someone's mm-hmm. brother, someone's sister, someone's mother. And when an incident happens, we paint with a broad brush and we take out that anger that we have. It is an anger that we have against society, but we take it out against the people who are there to protect us. And I'm not saying that there are not some bad apples, but percentage-wise, we're talking about 
less than 6%, according to the research. Oh. Um, so it really is a rare thing. But yet when one thing happens, we, we, we paint that with that broad brush against all law enforcement officers, which creates a mental block and a barrier that keeps us from having the very healing that we want to have. Because if you're alienated and I'm alienated, there's no, there has to be a bridge. Mm-hmm. One of the things I like about myself and the work that I do is I'm the bridge. When I teach law enforcement and, and consult with managers, I am really interested in helping them to remember that you are a citizen too. And when I talk to members of the community, I want them to remember that freedom comes at a cost. And yes, we make mistakes, but we're doing the best that we can do. Mm, That's good. So you said the research shows that it's only less than 6% of all officers who are out there doing these things, really not acting in accordance with guidelines. But unfortunately, those are the stories that we tend to hear on the news, right? We're not hearing about the other 94% who are doing probably an excellent job. So that's good to know to put things in perspective. And I love what you said that freedom comes at a cost. And that's, I agree with you, that's really not something that probably most of us are thinking about on a a day-to-day basis. So we're going to get... We're going to dive a little deeper into this topic, and then we're going to get into some other ones on the other side of our break. So you guys, if you haven't already grabbed a pen and paper, now's a good opportunity um, for you to go ahead and do that because we're going to go into our first quick break, and we will be right back with some juicy conversation with Dr. Sue Carter Collins. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. If you are wondering why you can't seem to attain that feeling of joy, fulfillment, and freedom in your life, then you need to listen to Living Inside Out today. Your host, Joy Ross, will help guide you away from the outside-in way of thinking you've been taught to live. Joy and her expert guests will dispel myths and expose the beliefs that subconsciously hold us hostage, preventing us from experiencing true joy, fulfillment, abundance, and freedom. Living Inside Out today, Thursdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Living Inside Out today with Joy Ross. Have a question for Joy or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here again is Joy Ross. And welcome back, everybody, to Living Inside Out. Today, we are here with Dr. Sue Carter-Collins. I affectionately call her just Dr. Sue. Um, And so before the break, Dr. Sue, you were sharing, um, I asked you about myths versus truths when it comes to the state of policing, uh, particularly in the U.S. And you pointed out a fact that less than 6% of the entire police population are actually what we would probably refer to as bad apples, right? But 94% of them are generally doing 
um, a good job, right, at keeping us safe um, and doing all the things that we expect from police officers. You also had said that freedom comes at a cost. So I just want to pick up and ask you on the same topic, what do you see as the solution? How do we get past being so polarized on this topic um, based on your vast amount of experience on the topic and knowledge? Well, the first thing I'd like to say is that I don't know if people know how many law enforcement agencies we have in this country, but the last I checked, we had over 18,000. Wow. So when the news is painting the picture of bad officers, we have to keep in mind that 18,000 law enforcement agencies um, are out there. And what we're seeing is a snapshot in time. Now, I'm not saying that that excuses the bad behavior. I think that law enforcement organizations have a responsibility because they do serve the people. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a responsibility to not have what I consider a more Gestapo attitude, but really to come into the community as partners. And that's what community policing is supposed to be about. Mm. Community policing is a philosophy that says, in essence, we're going to work with the community, allow the community to share with us what their concerns are. And we come in as a partner rather than coming in as what many people view them as, as an oppressor, oppressor. Mm. But, you know, uh, when, when I think about how to resolve the issue that we are dealing with, issues that are propounded by like the, the, the violence surrounding Black Lives Matter and Brown lives and, and women lives. Mm-hmm. When I think about that, what I really believe is that we all have to stop and do a mental check. Mm. What are my beliefs? What are the stories that I'm telling myself? Because those stories drive our perception of the interaction that we have with the law enforcement officer on the street and with the organization. So if you come into a situation where you believe that this is a bad officer, then energetically you enter that situation with the expectation that he or she is going to do something wrong. You tailor your behavior for that. The officer, officers are human beings, right? And whether they admit it or not, they get scared too. Mm-hmm. And so you don't know them, they don't know you, and you don't. nobody is trusting anybody else. Neither person is trusting the other. And the community is not trusting the, um, the organizations because of the history, but the organizations are not trusting the community also because of the history. Mm. So the organizations, people make up organizations. Mm. So the people within the organizations have to identify what are the stories that I'm telling myself about Black people, brown people, people who have a certain class, people who live in certain locations. What are those stories? Because when I go into those stories or I interact with those people, I have this preconceived notion and I go in either with a, with my energy raised and mm-hmm. expe- expectation of danger, or I go in with it lowered, depending on where I am, with the expectation that 
everything's okay. But the reality is danger can be anywhere. And, and brown skin, white skin, no skin color predicts whether violence will happen mm -hmm. on, to a particular officer on a particular day. Neither does it predict, predict whether a specific officer is going to, or eight, eight officers in an agency are going to be take advantage of or uh, exhibit violence toward black and brown people. Mm. There's a history. We have to look at the history. We actually, I think we just have to stop being so defensive and mm. realize we're, you're not dealing with buildings, you're dealing with people. Mm. That's so good. I love that. And because in your response, you answered what I was going to ask you next. And I'm taking notes as I always do in these conversations. So I love that because you gave us some very practical tips because I was going to ask for people who are listening, um, who feel intimidated, who have fear and anxiety when it comes to police because of all of the things that we see in the news, what are some tips? So you gave them, I'll repeat back what I wrote down in my notes. First of all, pause, stop. And then secondly, ask yourself, what story am I telling myself right now, right? Because the stories that we tell ourselves are going to influence how we show up. It's going to influence the energy that we bring to the situation so we can literally work ourselves into a confrontational situation that may not have even been confrontational, all because of the story that we were playing in our own minds, right? And then you said, thirdly, kind of pull back is how I wrote it in my notes, pull back and remember that we're all human beings. You're dealing with people. You're not dealing with an organization, right? I think that's so wise and it's such good advice because really, Dr. Sue, that's good advice. And those are tips that we can apply to any situation when we're interacting with another human being that's different from ourselves. So thank you for that answer. And speaking of perspective, I do wanna shift now and go into mindset, which you started talking about um, at the top of the hour. And you've shared uh, with me and you shared with the listeners a little bit early on the importance of mindset and the story that you were telling yourself um, and so I want to ask you, let's just go a little deeper here. What role has mindset played in your life? And in particular, when did you become focused? When did you become awakened or aware um, of the importance of mindset and how to master our own thoughts? You know, I would so love to say that I have always been riding that wave but mm -hmm. that would be so untrue. Mm -hmm. um, I retired from GSU, Georgia State University in 2015. And at that point, I um, was having a conversation with some other women who all of us very accomplished women. Mm -hmm. And we were all in a state of feeling not good enough. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't understand. It's like, I've got five degrees. I don't often talk about it, but five degrees. My my resume, the last time I checked, it was over 20 pages in terms wow. of things that I've done, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but there I sat and I am 62 years old, I believe at the time. And I just didn't understand why I didn't feel good enough. Mm -hmm. And that day I made a commitment that I am going to discover what this is because it makes no sense. And I, I was adamant about it because I thought that 
I remembered the time, so many times when I didn't go after my goals. I didn't go after bigger dreams because I set limitations on myself because I didn't think I was good enough. Mm. Many times I walk in the room and I'm the sharpest pencil in the pack, but I didn't think I was good enough. Mm. And so that sent me on this journey, which then took me into learning about the imposter syndrome and the stories we tell each other. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I thought, oh, that's it. That's it. I'm an imp- I've been in this imposter thing. Mm-hmm. And then I realized after a while, oh, you, you did the same thing with that. You took that story and wrapped up in it. And it became, it, it became a, a label for you. But it was also a limitation. Mm-hmm. Dr. So Sue, I- explain to people, because I was going to ask you this. And so let's just go here. What is, how is imposter syndrome defined for those people who maybe don't know what that is? Okay. So the research indicates that there are five different types of imposter. One is the person who's a perfectionist, right? Mm. They could do 99% right and, and just have one thing wrong. And all they can see is I'm not good enough. So the imposter syndrome really is about you denying your greatness, right? About regardless of what happens or what you accomplish, you still think I don't do enough. I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. And so it is a psychological and emotional limitation on the you that you're being. Hmm. And I, it, 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 it constrains your energy. It keeps you from reaching, even going after the goals that you have. Now, when, as I was doing my research, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss of words because I've got thoughts tumbling in my head, right? But a couple of thoughts. One is that the research indicates that at least 90, 95% of the people in the world suffer from imposter syndrome. Wow. And so when I learned that, it's like, oh, I'm in good company. <laughs> right. I'm like, who? Okay. So at least it's not just me. And sometimes. So I'm okay. Wow. 95%. And, and okay. then, Joy, then when I learned that uh, Michelle Obama and uh, Ju- Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor mm-hmm. and, you know, all of the, like, the, the first men to walk on the moon and they're all saying that they suffer from it too. It's like, I am in great <laughs> company. I'm okay. But then that took me into, well, what is really going on? And mm-hmm. so I began to study the mindfulness and the subconscious mind, uh, how the brain works, the stories that we tell ourselves, how so often the, the life that we're living is not ours. It is the life that multiple people have poured into us. They programmed us to see ourselves in a certain way, mm. to believe that we are a certain way. And so we don't know who we are. Mm. And in order for us to really become our greatest self, we have to what I call delayer. So you got to go back and look at well, what do I really believe, and why do I believe that? Where did that come from? What's the conversation in my head? Is when you listen to the voice in your head, it sounds like your voice, but are those the words of your mother? Mm. Are those the words of your father? Are those the words of your church? Do you really believe them? Is that who you want to be? And, and, and so it, a tip is that this, this delayering process, this self-analysis process 
if you want to be quote unquote whole, if you want to really be your greatest self, to step into all of the greatness and potential that God has for you, then you got to look at how am I showing up? Is that in alignment with what God would want me to show up, the way God wants me to show up? Or am I living somebody else's dreams? Or am I living somebody else's disappointments? Because people can only see for you to the extent that they can see for themselves. And if you have dreams and the other person says he or she doesn't have dreams or they had them and they couldn't accomplish them, then what you get is, well, you can't do that. Mm. That's not going to work. And so after a while, you, you're like, we're like sponges. We're taking all of this in unless we stop and really focus on, no, maybe you can't do that, but you can't put your limitation on me. I can't. Mm. So where I am, I had to go through all of that to get to this point of the program is so is so important. Mm-hmm. But it's not fatalistic because we can, I think the common term now is unlearn. Mm-hmm. I like to say that we can deprogram mm-hmm. and reprogram. And yes. science has shown that we can literally rewire the brain. Mm-hmm. And that really is what, that's what I want people to take away. You can rewire your brain. Mm-hmm. The fact that you were trained to believe a certain thing doesn't mean that you can't change it. Mm-hmm. And, and so many times people will say, um, if those people who say they're on a spiritual journey, oh, I, I, I do affirmations, I use affirmations, but they don't, they don't work. Well, the affirmations do work. If you don't believe something is gonna happen, and, and you do an affirmation, you say, oh, well, I don't want this to happen and I don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. You're sending energy to the thing that you don't want to happen. And that is what you are in fact manifesting, right? Mm. Uh, wherever you send your thoughts, wherever you send your energy, it's like pouring water on seeds in a garden. Yeah. That's what you're watering. That's what will grow. Yeah. So I had to look at my old poor piddly me I'm the daughter of an ex-con, I'm black, I'm poor. I had to look at all of that Mm -hmm. and then come to a point of realization. That's not the me that I be. Mm -hmm. That's not me. I'm not that that girl. Ooh-wee. Okay, so listen, that was loaded. That was so good. So it started with really curiosity. When you realize, wait, why am I not feeling good enough? And how come all these other people aren't feeling good enough? So you allowed yourself to explore something within you that was like, wait, hold on. Something doesn't seem right, right? I think that's like a critical step right there. But in terms of some tips, I'm going to re-share what I wrote down because there was so much in this. So if there's somebody listening right now and you just heard everything that Dr. Sue said, and you know that if nothing else, you're one of those 95% of people who suffer from imposter syndrome, okay? Because that's 95% of us. Here are some simple things that we can do. I say they're simple things because as she said, we can do these things. This is not something that's gonna happen overnight though, right? It's a journey, but here's step one. Begin to question What is it that I believe about myself? Two, why do I believe these things? Three, where did this belief come from? 
and be willing to sit with that and be willing to be okay with what emerges because that's the first step in identifying whether you're taking on somebody else's view of who you are or as she said whether you're living through someone else's disappointment I quoted you because that was deep to me. Dr. Sue, you said we could be living with somebody else's disappointment because, quote, people can only see for us what they can see for themselves. So we can be walking around living with somebody else's view of what they couldn't do. And now we're owning that. And that's become our identity. Ooh, that's huge. You guys, I know you're enjoying this conversation because I know I am. So you don't want to go anywhere we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. Have a question for Joy or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here again is Joy Ross. And welcome back, everybody, from break. <clears throat> Let me just say, for those of you who will watch the video of this, either on my website or if you see video uh, that Dr. Sue shares, I'll just go ahead and let you guys know there's some little bonus um, conversation because we're just, the conversation is so good and these topics are so rich. We've just been continuing to talk during commercial break. So you'll definitely want to check out the video, which will be posted up on my website, joyross, J-O-I-R-O-S-S.com. Um, within 48 hours of this show's airing. So Dr. Sue, I want to stay right where we are before we went on break. We were talking about mindset. You were unpacking for us what imposter syndrome is and you were breaking down for us in a style that I might add only uh, a past professor could probably do um, very eloquently, but really packed with research, right? And solid information and doing it in a clear way to really explain how prevalent this thing of imposter syndrome is. And as you were talking, what occurred to me, and we chatted a little bit um, during the break about this, is what we are really suffering from on a mass scale is identity crisis. We don't know who we are because most of us have lived our lives for so many years based on other people's opinions. And as you said, sort of taking things on us as a, a coat or a blanket, right? Going through life, putting these, putting the layers on coat by coat, blanket by blanket, and then we're hidden underneath all of that stuff. So let's unpack that a little bit if we can. I know we could do a whole show on identity crisis, but I just really feel like this could provide some value to the listeners. So I would like to just maybe unpack a little bit um, this, this thing about identity and how important it is. And most importantly, let's leave people with a positive message. Like what can we do to begin discovering 
who we really are? How can we be okay with that? How do we get the courage to even start that process? I know I've said a lot, but I'll pause and let you just jump in wherever you see fit. I think the first thing, and I'm just kind of processing as we go along, Mm -hmm. the first thing a person has to do as I relive my own mental and emotional journey is have an awareness that something's not quite right. I don't know what it is, but I think that I can be more. I Mm. think that I can do more. And I start there because if you are okay with the you that you're being, Mm -hmm. then you won't go further. There there will be no need in your mind to do a self-examination. But I recall the times when my colleagues would go for the goal and I would hold back. And I recall the stories that I was telling myself about why I didn't. And at the same time, I looked at the accomplishments that I had achieved. And it's like, you know, you can do this. But I was getting that internal dialogue, which is you can't, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. Now, when we talk about the internal dialogue, Mm -hmm. I want us to focus on the subconscious mind. That programming begins even before you are born into this world. The research shows that when children are in utero, Mm -hmm. they know, they hear the conversations, they know what's being said. And so it's like, why do we read to children if we think that they don't know? Mm. Why do we play music for them if we think we can't communicate with them? Mm -hmm. And in my work, sometimes I do work that's called past life regression, Mm -hmm. where I I put a client under hypnosis and take her back over or him back to past lives. I'm not going to get into that here because that's a little deep for where we are. But I only say that to say that my clients have told me that they heard conversations between their parents that one woman Mm -hmm. said, for instance, I knew, I knew that my dad didn't want me. I I remember him saying really mean things to my mother. I heard him. Mm -hmm. And when I got older, I asked him about it and he denied it. But when she went into the hypnotic state, she saw what had happened and heard what had happened. Mm -hmm. So the programming begins even before you're born. Mm -hmm. And something as simple as what color do we select for children? For girls, we select pink. For boys, we select blue. Mm -hmm. It's not just pink and blue. There is a whole mindset. There are a whole set of expectations that go with those colors. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But the blue means that you're supposed to be masculine. You're not supposed to uh, give in to any emotions. And that's the way we program the children. What mm-hmm. happens when a girl said a ch- girl child says, I want to play with the truck? Yeah. No, you can't play with the truck, play with the doll, but I don't want to play with the doll, mm-hmm. right? That's programming that begins early on. Mm-hmm. In my work, when I, when I do inner child work, inner child healing work, I have people who say, my mother told me at two. I remember the very day that, she yelled at, t- at me and told me to be, to, to sit down that I couldn't see. Mm. She choked my voice. I stopped it. Mm. I stopped singing. I remember when she told me I couldn't dance. 
And I used to love to just move and flow. Mm-hmm. And I stopped dancing. Mm-hmm. So we have, all of us can look back over our lives and see those moments and really, really remember those moments when someone encouraged us mm-hmm. and said, yes, you can. They empowered us or someone disempowered us and says, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. Now, what I have come to do now that I have this basis of knowledge, I give my little girl a name. The one who's always telling me that I can't. Yeah. I call her Nene because she is always saying no. And so I'm going to encourage you to give your little girl or your little boy a name, because when you do that, you make it visible. Mm. When you do that, it's no longer hiding. You're saying to the voice inside of you, I know who you are. You're mm. the woman on the, across the street who said, as it was said to me, you're, you're going to be barefoot and pregnant by the time you're in eighth grade. Yeah. That's a voice that I still hear. Mm. But that's not my story, right? Mm-hmm. So when you give your girl, your nene, a name, then she becomes visible. And I just want to say that as it pertains to the subconscious mind, yeah, it's doing what it was programmed to do. It's doing what is is created to do. It is created to protect us from harm and danger. And so when we get fr- afraid and the mind is saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. It is combining with those other stories that people have told you that you can't do. And so it keeps you constricted and it keeps you from going after your goals. Mm -hmm. When you can make this thing visible, you make the voice visible, you make the conversations visible, you understand the power of the subconscious mind, then you can begin to break through it and decide, I'm going to create a new me. Oh my goodness, being a new me is a beautiful thing. And no, it's not easy. Because that voice is going to continue for a while. But this is what quantum physics and the, and the, the, the scientists are saying now. It's like the more if you stop giving energy to what you can't do and start focusing on what you can, you basically cut off the blood supply to the old view. And the brain grows new neural circuits that you now can expand and you and, and, and use them to help you become the person that you want to be. But it begins with that awareness of, do I like this person that I am or yeah. not? Oh, Dr. Sue, Dr. Sue, Dr. Sue. Okay. This is, this is so encouraging, right? It's, it's deep subject matter. It really is. And what I love about it though, is again, how you're breaking this down so that we can pull out practical steps, things we can actually do. Because I think sometimes when we hear conversation like this, there can be a reaction that says, oh, wow, well, I need a, I don't, I can't afford a counselor. I can't afford to pay somebody to take me back and regress back and all of that. So then people think, oh, well, I'll never be able to overcome this. But here's what I heard you say. These are simple steps. First of all, let me say about the past life thing, as you were talking about that, for people who maybe get a little uncomfortable when they start to hear things like that, um, you know, what popped into my my spirit, actually, was a scripture where God said, before you were born, I knew you. Before you were created, 
before you were created and formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Now, do I understand all of that? Absolutely not. Does that blow my mind? Absolutely, it does. However, what that says to me is we existed in some form, you know, if, if, for people who are listening, you know, if you believe the Bible or even if you don't, but you have a curiosity, you can go and research that yourself. Because I think just going down that journey to really open ourselves up to, to explore things like that can lead us to a better understanding of who we are. We're so much more than what we know. Um, so that's just my little um, two cents on that. But here's what I heard you say in terms of steps. And I want to repeat these for the listeners. Number one, awareness. So if we think I can be doing more, or if there's that little voice that says, mm, I think I can do more, or there's, there is more, listen to that. Have an awareness of that, right? Step number two, after that, start to focus on our internal dialogue. What are those voices inside of our head, what are those voices saying? And as you said earlier, what are the, what stories are being played out? Um, pay attention to that. And number three, when we start to hear that critic, when that voice is saying things like you can't, or you will never be able to, or, oh, what makes you think you can do, or you're not qualified or anything that's negative, um, speak to those things. In fact, you said, and I like this, um, your, your inner critic, you named Nene, which I love. So I'm going to create a name for mine, right? Name it because then you make it real. Then you're literally saying, ah, I see you, I've identified you, and now I'm going to speak to you. You're not going to tell me what I can't do. What you're saying to me right now is false. And begin to speak positive things, speak the truth um, back to that voice, right? And then fourth, you said, stop giving energy to I can't thoughts. Stop giving energy to what we think we can't do and give energy to what we can do or what we're believing about our future self. And you went on to say, and this is powerful, that last step, when we give energy to uh, the self that we know is in us, that we want to become, Literally, our brain goes to work to create new pathways. So essentially, we can create our own future. We are empowered to create our own destinies. Dr. Sue, that's, that's powerful. Um, I want to ask you, in the last couple of minutes that we have left... There's so much that I that I want to ask you. Um, so maybe we'll hang out after the show. Um, but I'll ask one last question um, in our remaining time. And that is, here we go. At this point in your life, right? You're clearly somebody who's committed to constant learning, growing, developing, and discovering new things, which I love that about you. At this point in your life, based on how you've navigated through just the past, you know, two and a half years during these unprecedented times, 
what is one thing that you know for sure? I know for sure that prayer works. Mm. I know for sure that prayer works. And I know that so many times we doubt that. Mm. But I know that there's only one creator in this world. Mm. And when the thoughts begin to kind of clash around in your head, just get silent. Yeah. And allow God to speak to you for direction. I love it. I love that. I love it. Uh, Prayer works and get quiet and ask him to speak for direction. So you guys, I want to thank you for hanging with us and um, listening today. Again, write to me and let me know if something resonated with you. Not if something resonated, write to me and let me know what specifically resonated with you. What helped you today? What encouraged you? And you guys can find Dr. Sue on Facebook, uh, Instagram, um, LinkedIn at Dr. Sue Carter Collins. That's her handle on all of those platforms. And um, I want to leave you guys with our final tip. And as you know, on this show, TIP is our acronym that stands for transformation is possible. I mean, hey, we just heard Dr. Sue break down for us how we can literally rewire our brains. We can transform. It is possible. It's a step-by-step journey that begins with making a choice to live inside out today. So until next week, love and peace. Thanks for listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. We hope today's episode has been insightful and helped open the doors in your life to the joy, fulfillment, and freedom you have been seeking. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week. 